0: Welcome to the Nation's Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. We've spent the last few Sundays thinking into this whole area of wholeness and what it means for Jesus to come into our lives and make us whole. Everyone on that page, most of us, we've said it as as leadership, we've said it many times before and for as long as we're leaders, we're going to say it again and again and again, the best you is a whole you. Do I have an amen? The best you is a whole you. Jesus didn't come to just save you, as amazing as that is, but he's come to make you whole. Body, soul, and spirit, wholeness, the best you is the you that is being progressively more healed, progressively more free, progressively more restored. you hear what I'm saying? The best you is a whole. Your marriage and your family life work better when you're whole. Your work and career relationships work better when you're whole. The world sees more of Jesus through us when we are whole. And I want to put it to you today that when we're whole, we're more fit for the purposes of God. When we're whole, we're actually better placed to fulfill what he's calling us to fulfill. And this is important because we're saved for purpose. We're saved for purpose. If there was no purpose then why not just zap us up to heaven after the moment of salvation? If there's no purpose for us on earth, just take us home. But that is not the case. Jesus saves us. And then he transfers us into his kingdom to work on his behalf, to broker heaven on earth, to bring the kingdom to earth. We're saved for purpose. And when we're whole, I want to put it to you that we're more fit for that purpose. So with that in mind, I want to talk to you today about the heart of the issue. Say the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue. issue. Who likes getting down to the heart of the issue? Like, just stop beating about the bush. What is the heart of the issue? Because as we navigate life, as we navigate faith and all these things, and as we consider what it means to live our lives on purpose, I believe at the heart of every issue is really the issue of the heart. At the heart of every issue is really the issue of the heart. If you were in, give me a wave if you've just been in Connect Group this last week. We already started talking about the things of the heart. I think it was, well, we, we enjoyed presenting it. Did you enjoy receiving it? <laughs> Today, if it's okay, we're just going to go deeper into the heart of the issue. And, and the truth is, you know, we all have issues going on in our lives. Give me a wave if you're issue free. This building is clearly not issue free. <laughs> Yep, it's unanimous. We all have issues. (laughs) We all have issues. We've all got stuff going on in our lives and in our families, in our marriages, in our experiences, in our workplaces, in our friendships. We have those circumstantial issues. We have those situational issues. We have those things that come along our path from time to time and blindside us. And it's so often within these issues of life that we can find ourselves a bit damaged. That we can find ourselves a little bit insecure and broken and and vulnerable, and it's the very reason we're not whole. It's because we've been battered around by the issues of life. Most of us are like the rest of us. We've all got those. (laughs) Thanks, Pastor Ken. It never gets old. (laughs) But if we're honest in that place, we're not walking out in the wholeness and the freedom and the healing and the restoration that Jesus died for us to walk in. And if we're honest in that place, we're actually limited in fulfilling the purposes of God. And typically... A typical response is we run around trying to fix all the issues. Anyone like me, we just want to fix all the issues like crazy people trying to deal with this and deal with that and control people and control things and try and self-promote and try and make things go our own way and according to our own plan, all in an attempt to make it all better. But I want to suggest to you that those things are just external solutions for what is actually an in internal problem because at the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart the issue of the heart usually the issue is not the real issue it's what's going on in your heart as a result of the issue that's the real issue like it's not so much the lack of opportunity that's the issue it's the fear and insecurity in my heart that stops me stepping into the opportunity that's the real issue It's not so much what they said, but it's what happened inside of me when they said what they said. It's not so much a thing that happened, but it's what died a little bit inside of me when that thing happened. These are the real issues, those unforgiveness roots that can creep in and that bitterness that can spring up and the insecurity and the fear and all those sorts of things. At the heart of every issue is actually the issue of the heart. And if it's a heart problem, then it needs a heart solution. Amen. And people can change. Things can change. But unless the heart changes, there'll be no real change. It's in our hearts that Jesus works his works of wholeness. You understand? It's in our hearts that he comes and sets us free and restores us. And that releases us to great joy. But not only that, it releases us to great purpose, it releases us to greater purpose. You know, God is a completely free individual and he is looking for free individuals to express himself through. He needs to express himself through, on the earth through hearts that are unencumbered. Amen. This is our God. Our key text for today comes out of Proverbs 4 and verse 23. If we can put that up on the screen. It says, it says, above all else, say above all else, above all else, guard your, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do, not some things you do everything you do flows from it. The quality of your relationships flow from your heart. Your desires and your longings and your affections flow from your heart. Your ability to walk in purpose, calling and destiny flow from your heart. The scripture is speaking to us about the absolute importance and the centrality of our hearts. And what's more, it's demonstrating to us that there is a flow of life and that the flow of life is from the inside out. It's not the other way around. It's from the inside out. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it, from the inside out. And Jesus confirms this truth over and over again, that he's very interested in the state of people's hearts. He said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. In my case, not very effectively this morning, but it's speaking nonetheless, (laughs) speaking nonetheless. All of our words, all of our emotions, all of our reactions and responses, whether they're toxic or whether they're wonderful, they're all coming from the deep reservoir that is in our heart from inside of us. If it came out of you, it was actually in you. We can't blame anybody else for the things that come out of us. If it comes out of us, then it's in us and we have to take responsibility. This is, these truths, these principles is the very reason why someone can be imprisoned. Like physically, kind of in chains, but still full of joy and still full of praise. Think Paul and Silas, you know. Conversely, someone can be living in a palace Someone can have every single thing that money could buy at their fingertips, at their disposal, and yet they're depressed. You can be a celebrity and be suicidal because it's not about what's going on around you. It's about what's going on inside of you. This is true. This is true. At the heart of every issue is the issue of the heart. Can we all agree that for as long as we're on this earth, we're going to have issues? Unfortunately, we're a fallen world, you know. Things won't always go according to our plans. Things do come along and blindside us. People continue to not be all that we would like them to be. People continue to say and do stupid things, including you, (laughs) including me. It's true, isn't it? We've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. And we've all caused hurt. Hello? It's not a who's more hurt competition. Jesus didn't come to affirm us in our victimhood. He came to set us free. He came to set us free. If it's a who's the greater victim competition, Jesus wins. (laughs) Jesus wins. You've already lost. Jesus won. The perfect son of God who never did anything wrong bore the punishment of all sin for all humanity for all time if it's a who who's the greater victim competition Jesus wins it but he didn't come he cares deeply about what we've been through but he didn't come to affirm us in our victimhood he came to set us free he came to release us to wholeness purpose and freedom in his name amen amen So I say it again, you know, life is always going to have its issues. So the elimination of issues is not what makes us whole. And the elimination of issues is actually not realistic. It's learning to guard our heart in the face of life's issues. That's the real key. And if you want the flow of your life to be sweet, if you want the flow of your life to be life-giving, if you want to look like and sound like Jesus to your spouse and to your family and to your workplace and the people around you, then it is incumbent upon us to continually and routinely and thoroughly deal with the state of our hearts in Jesus name so we're going to go deeper what do we mean when we talk about the heart you know we're not obviously not talking about that red thing that pumps blood around your body although it's very important to guard that too if you don't guard that you know cholesterol and stuff my GP said that I need to stay off the naughty snacks jeepers, how did he know he's a prophet? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. In Hebrew culture, the heart was thought to be a very center of a person's being. as that inner man, that inner woman. It's your soul. Coupled with all of your appetites and affections and longings and thoughts and desires. That is what it's referring to when the scripture talks about your heart and guarding it. That's the thing we're supposed to be guarding. And you've got to ask yourself the question: well, what does it mean to guard it? And and some people think that a guarded heart looks a little bit like this. <laughs> there we go. My heart is beautifully guarded. Nothing's coming in and nothing's going out. It's a little fortress, me and my heart. I going to put it to you, that's not a guarded heart. That's a hard heart. That's a hard heart. And there is a difference because a heart like that is likely a heart very full of hurt and fear. When we erect walls around the perimeters of our heart because we want to protect ourselves and we want to defend ourselves, can I put it to you, those walls don't work very well and whether maybe just maybe those walls are effective at keeping some of the hurt out but at what cost at what cost they're also keeping intimacy out they're also keeping deep relationship out and vulnerability out and worse still maybe they're keeping the real you locked in We don't get to see the best of who you are and experience the unique, amazing creature and creation that God has designed for you to be. Can I say that you were never designed to be your own protector and defender? You have a protector and defender. His name is Jesus. And frankly, he does a better job of it than we ever could do. That is not a guarded heart You know, so if it's not walls, what does it really mean to guard our heart? And the Hebrew word guard is this word natseya. And natseya means to watch over. It means to to keep from danger. And part of the ancient application of this word natseya was used in the context of watching over a vineyard. And in a vineyard, like any garden or any crop has a particular vulnerability about it it's like things can actually come in pests can come in that cause damage and destruction and and steal that crop's capacity to bring a harvest conversely there's things that we can add to that crop or to that vineyard that are going to bring life and, 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 and be good and nourish that crop. And there has to be a guard. There has to be a watching over to ensure that, that things that have destructive capacity are not allowed. And that those things that are going to bring life have free passage. And this vineyard or this garden is actually a very, very good analogy when we're thinking about what it means to guard our hearts. Because like the vineyard, our hearts also have a particular vulnerability about them, right? things can come in things do come in that cause damage that cause harm and but there's also things that we can be adding to our life that are going to be pure that are going to be wonderful that are going to be nourishing and our job if we're interested in obeying the word if we're interested in guarding our hearts we have to be like that dutiful watchkeeper, that dutiful gardener who keeps a keen eye on what is actually going on in the soil of my heart so you've got to ask how do we actually do that and with the time we got left I want to dive into three practical keys about how we can watch over our heart is this helping someone today Glory to God. My voice is getting better and better in Jesus' name. The first thing we've got to do is give it focus. We've got to give it focus. We've got to actually pay attention, right? We've actually got to ask ourselves the question, what is going on in my heart? Like what is happening in that deep, dark recess of me? That reaction, where did it come from? That response Where has that come from? How's that manifesting? Those emotions that are tumbling out of me, what are the source of those? Those thought processes, are they godly? Are they right? Are they pure? And so on and so forth. Sometimes we get so distracted by life and so distracted by activities, that we can be brilliant at analyzing situations and dissecting circumstances and even judging the thoughts and intents of somebody else's heart. But we're very ignorant of what's going on in our own heart in a particular situation. And in that unguarded state, with no focus and no attention, anything can creep in. Anything can blindside us. Anything can come that seeks to steal and kill and destroy and choke out our vision, choke out our love, choke out our passion. I'm no gardener. Anyone a gardener? <laughs> no, no one wants to own up. <laughs> I'm no gardener. At home, my garden gets very little focus, very little attention. From time to time, things pop up in my garden and I don't even know how they got there. I, don't, I didn't plant it. A few seasons ago, I had a fruiting guava tree in my front yard. I never planted it, I don't know how it got there, but suddenly the thing was just taking over the space where I usually put my wheelie bin, and it's dropping its rotten fruit all over the place. True story. And it can be the same with our hearts, you know, unbeknownst to us, unwanted stuff can grow in those places. And we actually have to give it focus before the Lord and ask him, what is actually taking root? What is actually happening here? You know, Ken and I, years ago, we had a season of real disagreement in our marriage. And you ever had one of them? If you were women, (laughs) nudge your husband in your ribs if you're online, you can do the same. Um, We had some very intense conversations. You know how they go. (laughs) We did. And we, we finally, at the end of this sort of season, we decided to do a smart thing. We'd done many, many dumb things. But we decided to do a smart thing. And we determined to pray and fast and to really seek God's heart for our family situation. And as I let go of my preconceived ideas, I I, I let go. And I actually came before God with an open heart. I really came before God and laid my heart bare. God actually started to show me what was going on inside of me. I had a guava tree of grief in my heart. I didn't even know it was there. I had roots of pride in me that previously I would have just justified as good old common sense. You know, and when I thought the situation the, the solutions to our situation I had thought were external to me. I.e., Ken Lee, get your act together. <laughs> it wasn't the case. You know, God started to show that right at the heart of our issue was the issue of my heart. I'm not saying that Ken didn't have his own stuff to deal with, but the issue of my heart was playing a major part. But I had to be prepared to humble myself in the presence of the Lord and give it focus and honestly ask the question, what is going on in there? Second thing we need to do is get to work. We give it focus, but then we've got to get to work. You know, to really guard your heart, I want to tell you, it takes some work. We bump up with people every day of the week. People do damage, you know, to guard your heart. It takes some work. It takes a commitment. It takes some personal responsibility to deal with what is in there. It's one thing to recognize what is in there. It's a completely other thing to go to work with Holy Spirit and actually see that thing dealt with, do something about it that takes work. Like when I found the guava tree, I had to go to work. You know, it's the gloves, it's the shovel, it's the axe to the root. It took me time, it took me energy, it took me effort to get that thing out of my wheelie bin space. (laughs) And in the times of my life, When I've seen that there's this fear, I've seen that there's this performance, I've seen that there's this, you know, hurt or bitterness or comparison or envy, all of these things. I've seen them in my own heart. I could have identified them and left them there. That's a valid choice. You, you can do that. But for as long as I leave them there, they're toxifying. For as long as I leave them there, they're polluting. They're dropping their rotten fruit everywhere. Remember Jesus said the flow of life from the inside out. What What's inside is going to come out. So you can ignore it, but that's not going to work. You know, the biggest purpose killers in my life were not a lack of opportunity. They weren't a lack of sort of people believing me in me. they weren't any of these things. They were the root of fear and insecurity in me. They were the biggest purpose killers in my life. You have to get to work with Jesus and, and see those things taken out in his name and by his power. You might say, well, what is the work? Well, the work is just that. It's coming before God in prayer. The work is taking every thought captive. Is it a toxic mindset? Crush it in Jesus' name. Crush it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Is it completely unaligned with the Word of God? Go after it like a dog on a bone until it breaks in Jesus' name, until the stronghold comes tumbling down, because that's your portion as a son or daughter. These things are the work. This is the work we must do. Ignoring issues, hoping they'll go away, doesn't work. Who's ever ignored the weeds in your garden, hoped they'd go away? Especially in September, right? So it's just coming up everywhere. Like, far out. I thought I'd put a weed net down. I've gone bitter. Jesus, take that bitter root towards your creation out of my heart. Amen. You know. It doesn't work, you know. If we if we ignore them and hope they'll go away, they don't. They multiply, they take over, they get more traction, more momentum. And I tell you, we don't just do this heart work one time. We need to be prepared to do it over and over and over again. Look, this is the guava tree. (laughs) You're all wondering, what's that thing doing up there? This is it came back. I just took this last night so you'd all know that I'm not lying to you. It came back and I thought I got it out at the root, but I obviously didn't. (laughs) We don't just do it one time. We have to be prepared to do it over and over and over and over again. How many times do I forgive? Jesus said 70 times 7 and that's just before the sun goes down. You know, seven, we've got to do this work with Jesus, keeping the guard over our heart so that our hearts remain the wellspring of life that he's called them to be, a flow of goodness, a flow of life, a flow of his purpose. Amen. And the final point, once we've given it some focus, once we get to work, we've got to rely on grace. Say, rely on grace. rely on grace. You know, Jesus is in the business of healing our hearts. This Christian life is not a behavior modification program, it's a heart transformation in Jesus. He's in the business of healing hearts, and where we're not capable of healing ourselves, Jesus has all the authority and all the ability and all the might and all the power to set your broken heart free, to heal it in his holy name. His anointing, according to Isaiah 61, is that he came to preach good news to the poor, good news to those who are afflicted. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. He came to set the prisoner, set the captive free. He has beauty instead of your ashes, joy instead of your mourning... Grace instead of a spirit of despair that he is that good Romans 8 says the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death those addictions can be broken in his name they can be broken in his name what no amount of rule keeping or behavior modifying could ever accomplish in your life Jesus Christ can accomplish in your life his grace can do it in your life. He's seen to it at the cross. When he said, it is finished, he wasn't joking. He did a complete work for you. Don't buy into this lie that you can't change. Don't buy into the lie that he can't fix you. Doesn't matter how messy you feel. Doesn't matter how far away you've wandered and walked. Doesn't matter how complex the issues of your heart might be. Jesus is in the business of messy. He does really good with big messes. He heals and he restores. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. It holds such a beautiful promise of heart transformation for us. It says this, it says, And we all with unveiled face, because Jesus has taken the veil away. Jesus has taken everything that separates you and him. We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. From one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. If we could summarize this scripture here in Second Corinthians 3. It's basically this. It's as we behold, we become. As we behold, like, uh, G- behold Jesus, we become like Jesus. So our work is to fix our gaze on him. And his work is to layer by layer and line upon line go to work from one degree of glory to the other in the depths of ourselves. We don't do it ourselves. He does it. The scripture says this transformation is from the Lord. It doesn't come from ourselves but from the Lord who is the Spirit, a work of his grace. That that word grace is the Greek word charis. And it doesn't just mean a saving grace, as good as saving grace is, but it's also an empowering grace. It's also a transformative grace. Grace doesn't just save you from death. It empowers you to live. It empowers you to live this Christ-transformed life. Grace will go to work mysteriously transforming and healing and restoring, and grace will show up in us as a transformed life. That's the power of His grace. And Hebrews tells us that God is ready and willing and able to pour out His grace. Chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse 15 and 16, verse 15 says that you don't have a Jesus who's out of touch with your reality. You don't have a Jesus who's out of touch with your reality. He's been through everything you've faced He's been there, he's experienced it, and yet he did not sin. And here in verse 16, it says, So then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive the mercy and find the the grace to help us in our time of need. He knows where you're at online. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows what work of wholeness might need to take place in the very depths of your heart, whether it's a small thing or whether it's a big thing. He's got enough grace for it. He's got enough for you. He's got enough for that. Yes, we need to give our hearts focus. Yes, we need to do some work, but ultimately we need His grace. We need a fresh deposit of His grace. I thought I would never get over some things in my life but by His grace I have. There's some things I thought I would never be able to overcome, but by His grace I have. Things that I thought I could never walk in or places, spaces. This space used to terrify me. But by His grace, I'm not terrified anymore. It's the work of wholeness that releases us into purpose. It's the work of wholeness that makes us better equipped to do what it is that He's calling us to do. Amen. Amen. You weren't designed to live choked up by the rage, by the fear, by the insecurity. You weren't designed for that addiction, for that whatever's going on in the deep place of your heart. You weren't designed for that purpose to be stunted and choked out by fear and insecurity. Jesus has set you free, whom the Son has set free. is free indeed. Amen. Amen. You're designed in Christ to thrive. You're designed in Christ to be fruitful, to flourish, to walk in the calling, purpose, and destiny that he has for you. That's what you've been created for in Christ Jesus. And as I was praying into this message and just preparing, I had a picture. Excuse me. I had a picture of Jesus just wanting to plant trees in people's lives he was wanting to come and plant his stuff (laughs) trees of great purpose trees of great calling trees of great destiny these trees I could see were designed to be so unbelievably fruitful but Jesus was waiting He was restricted in the planting because the ground had not been properly prepared. He was still waiting for the soil of hearts to be ready to receive what he wanted to plant. And it reminded me of the parable of the sower when Jesus shares with us that in some situations there was rocks in the soil. In some situations there was thorns in the soil. And these things actually prevented the fruitfulness didn't they 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 corrupted the capacity of the soil to be rich in harvest and jesus shared with us that these rocks and these thorns by using these things elements he meant to describe to us the issues of the heart he meant to describe to us The deceitfulness of wealth, chasing wealth, chasing pleasures, lacking courage, shrinking in the day of adversity, all of these sorts of things. That's what Jesus was showing us. He was showing us that in the presence of these heart issues, the fruitfulness was compromised. The harvest was compromised. You know, dealing with the condition of your heart is not just for yourself, it's not just for your marriage, it's not just for your family, as good and amazing as those things are, but dealing with the condition of our our hearts, it's got to do with the harvest. He's designed your life to be a 30 fold life, a 60 fold life, and a hundred fold life, a fruitful life, a harvesting life. So it's about us being prepared to bear the fruit of the kingdom. The first thing a farmer does before he plants. Is He inspired? He prepares the soil. He gets the soil ready. And I believe that that's what this whole season of wholeness is, is about for so many in Nations Church. He's preparing the soil for what's next. He's preparing the soil for what He wants to plant in you and what He wants to release through you. It's not a small deal, this wholeness thing. It is a big deal. There's a lot at stake. There's greater fruitfulness. There's greater kingdom purpose. He wants to do more in you so He can do more through you. He believes in you. He loves you and He's got enough grace for you. Thank you, Jesus. All the singers and musos, you can come back and join us. I'm done preaching. I don't know about you, but I want to have the sort of heart when, see, man looks at the outside, right? God looks at the heart. I want to have the sort of heart that when He looks upon it, He goes, there's a heart I can use. If you want to plant trees, Jesus, plant them in me. If you want to yield fruit on the earth, Lord, do it through me. I want to be a 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold harvest out of my life, the starting place. If that's you too, the starting place is allowing Him To prepare the soil of our hearts, amen. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.